Schwartzy. Well, good morning, Willie. Morning, Schwartzy. Welcome, Nate. Morning, guys. We got the we got the we we got old number one, isn't it? And Nate number yeah. one. He's practically <laughs> yeah. a founding member. It's kind of hard to to not think of Nate Wald as a as not a founding member because we we brought him on board. We didn't even know what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I think y'all a bunch of turds for not letting him in to begin with, you know? I mean, what the hell's up with that, Nate? How come they didn't call you? Well, I don't know. I was pretty young. Uh, <laughs> Let's not talk about getting in the group young. <laughs> yeah, right. At all. And I I actually, I was, I was thinking about that before uh, going on, you know, because I know what my story is, and I'm sure we'll go back there. But I was kind of curious. I guess I could... Uh, you want me to go way back and and start with when I when I started braiding and all all of that history, or or just this TCA deal, Ben's we're talking about it. I mean, you could go back to the 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 nightmare that you had of your first bull ride. You know, I mean, I don't <laughs> like what were you thinking there, Waterhead, getting on a bull? <laughs> you want to know the real story why I became a bull rider? Absolutely. A girl. It had to be a girl. There was some girl. No, TJ. Was, no not not at all. There's no girls involved. There was uh my brother and I and the neighbor kid, Evan Stimson, and we were all just kids and we decided we were gonna load up and hit the rodeo trail and go to this bunch of junior rodeos that they had in Montana. Yeah. And uh so we went to the pawn shop and uh <laughs> bought a bought a bareback rigging and we could only buy one because that was all the money we had and uh we knew at those rodeos that maybe two guys could get away with being in the same event because uh you know one Separation. guy could be at the beginning and then they could pull the pull the rigging and all that and then we could get it on and the other guy could go and i said well shoot you know, I don't know that all three of us can do that. I'll just buy a bow rope. I'll just get, I'll just do the bow riding. And uh, that's, that's God's honest truth. And uh, I rode bulls from then on. And I rode a few bareback horses in college, but never, never went that far with it. But that's, that that's how it started. That that bareback riding hurt, didn't it? I mean, they didn't chase you after you fell off, but good gosh, they beat you up during it. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard on you. And they're both hard on you, but oh, yeah. that is... That is how I decided to do it. We just all can use the same rigging with three Man, of us. If that's not a rough stock rider's story, I've never heard one, right? <laughs> yeah, Lammers Trading Post, man. That's where we buy all our rodeo gear. Oh, that's yeah. funny. That's yeah, so how you old got your card, didn't you? Oh, was, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I got my PRCA yeah. from From that start, you know, then I just... Uh, I went to some of those deals and, and then, you know, Montana had a pretty strong, uh, the NRA and amateur association. And we did that and, and, uh, went to a bunch of those rodeos and then started going to permit rodeos. And then I went to, uh, I went to college at Montana state and rodeoed on the college rodeo team there. And then I filled my card probably halfway through my uh my college deal and and then just from then on it was just going to to pro rodeos and i, I mean i never went to i never went to uh a hundred rodeos a year you know i couldn't we we had a ranch and i was kind of back and forth between and and so i never probably went as hard as i really needed to 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 go you know really make it but i you know went to our circuit finals several years and and uh, won the circuit finals one year and and i i kind of went to all the big rodeos at least once i you know just more for the experience i guess but you know pendleton and and calgary and and cheyenne and those rodeos we we went to them so i know what it's like to to be at them so that's that's good enough for me well that's cool that's cool you won the circuit finals i didn't know that that's 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 no small feat or whatever time yeah. it was, you know. Yeah, ninety, I think, when it was ninety. Oh, yeah. Man. So is Montana? I, no, go, well, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. No, I was just saying that I uh, 
I think 92 was the last year. Even when I won the circuit finals, I was slowing down. I, I got married that year. And, uh, and I went for, and we kind of came back to the ranch. I, I, I finished school and, and, uh, was spending more time trying to work here and run off on the weekends, you know, and, and it's hard when you, you can't travel. I mean, before that, it was a group of guys jumping a car and off you go and go to a bunch of them. And it's harder when you're going back and forth. And that just didn't appeal to me. Uh, you know, Wilson, cause you've, oh, yeah. you've done it on in the roping and stuff too you kind of got to be living the deal and especially in rough stock i mean you got to be all in you can't be worrying about how you how fast you're going to get home when you're after the the rodeo's done and everything so i think 92 i finally got on a few that year and just decided i was done with it and then i never never looked back or tried to make any comeback or anything like that i was just done you know, it, it took me a long time to, to me, you're talking about commitment, right? And so if you're going to commit in order to be successful, you have to commit. And we talk about here on the TCA and, 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 and our disciplines that we do all the time, but rodeo, that was the thing. And I look back on it and at the time I thought I was all in, right? I wasn't all yeah. in. I wasn't anywhere right. close to being all in. I thought I was, but now that I'm all in on something, yeah, no, I wasn't yeah. all in. And, and, and you, there was only one little trip that, that me and shot actually at the pro rodeo level had a successful journey and we were gone for two weeks. You didn't come home. You stayed out there on the road. All you thought about was roping and we, we were successful on that journey. Not, I mean, we didn't break any banks, but we paid our way anyhow, you know, and, right. and, uh, and, and it was a 4th of July run. So they were good rodeos and all, but it, it's, um, Otherwise, it was just like you're talking about weekends. You go out there and you rope a little, and you come home. You work like crazy to go back to the next one, and it's just split, man. You weren't. That's not any good. So. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get to the NFR like that. You no. gotta. It's gotta no. be fly, fly here, and have somebody bring your horses there, and then then go for those two weeks, and. And yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. We had two rigs going, you know, between yeah. Greeley and Prescott and Pecos, and you know, it was all over the place. So. Yeah, that's cool. Well, so then when did you start braiding? Yeah, that was uh, so that was all going on. And then I was in college, like I said, in college rodeo. And then I had uh, that would have been 80, you know, late 80s, 86, 87 or something. Then I I had about a, my last semester of college. I just had a, a couple of classes. And I had a friend who was working on a ranch outside of Bozeman and I just started kind of day working out there and doing my one class or whatever I had left. And we were calving a bunch of heifers and we just found an old Bruce Grant book in that cabin barn <laughs> and uh, lost the calf. So we put it in water, <laughs> you know, and, and kind of made some rawhide string and started trying to tie a spanish ring knot you know and all of that yeah. that's kind of what started it and uh and from there when i eventually got married in 90 and then moved back to the ranch full time i just continued to to braid i hmm. just i just always did it after that so and you grew up there on the ranch in Lodgegrass? i mean that is where you're born and raised the whole deal i did i was born in north dakota uh, that's, that was the family place where my dad was born and raised. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when I was just a, just a young kid, uh, he sold out there and, and bought this place in, in Montana and we moved to Lodge Grass. And so I grew up here and, uh, yeah, I've been here ever since that's going on. He's going on 50 years now or better. Nice. So. We don't want to talk about age, though, do we? <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> but no, I I started uh, started just fooling with the the braid work then, and then when I got back here, it was just something I did. And I was going to say too, uh, as far as braided rawhide, that wasn't something I necessarily grew up with either. You know, uh, as a kid, we always had horses. You know, I was riding from the time I was, you know, I can even remember. And, uh, 
and dad, he team roped some and, and fooled around. We always did everything horseback on our place. And, but it, the California thing, I mean, I didn't see any braided rawhide stuff that was nice, really. I mean, we just split reins and, you know, whatever bridle bit was hanging there, you know, you put it on them and, and uh, off you'd go. And But I remember I'd started braiding a little bit and fooling around. I was still over there by Bozeman. And uh, I went into Three Forks Saddlery, and Carrie, you probably know that place. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, Carl they were Peterson. making really nice. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they were making really nice tooled saddles, and they had they had a bunch of tack in there. And I saw the first set of braided rawhide raw reins and romals, you know, California style. And I wasn't even sure what they were when I first looked at them. You know, there was three strands there, and they had all those knots on them. And, and, uh, but I knew they were something I wanted to know about. I mean, I, I thought that was the, the dangest thing I'd ever seen and, and that somebody had made those. And from that point on, you know, I was, I was hooked big time. I wanted to make something like that. And so that, that sparked me big time right there. Huh. So a specific mentor or just the Bruce Grant book? Well, for quite a while, just the Bruce Grant book, and then I I was back on the place and and fooling around with it more, and and I'd go into Kings, you know, and 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 they had some of that stuff in Kings Saddlery, Don Kings outfit, and uh, I'd ask about them, and they they said that, uh, well, Vince Donnelly made a lot of that stuff, you know, they'd have the the imported stuff hanging there, but the the handmade stuff, uh, Vince Donnelly made a lot of stuff and wholesaled it and uh so i thought i'd hunt up vince donnelly and and i got his phone number from those guys and uh (laughs) i did call him and and asked him if he would uh ever take students or if he'd he'd help anybody or, or do this or that and i said i had a big uh i'd killed a charlet bull and and i'd skinned him and and told him if he wanted that hide, you know, maybe he could show me some stuff. And at the time I know Vince was busier than heck and, and, uh, he was logging and, and doing a bunch of other stuff and then also braiding full time. And he just, he said, man, I, no, I, I don't teach anybody. I don't take students and, and, uh, but I'll take that hide. I'll give you, you know, <laughs> give you some string or something or, you know, but, but he he didn't want to offer the time, mm-hmm. which he didn't have, you know, in his defense. Sure. And so I I thought, well, okay, if if I can get a little rawhide string or something, I'll I'll do it. So I hauled that hide down there to Sheridan, and he was gone, and uh, his wife Judy was there, and and I took that hide in, and uh, what I did is I carried in there is is I saw his where he was working and. And how he was, she, she actually kind of talked to me about making, how he made hides and did all that. So I gained quite a bit of knowledge just, just by seeing it, just there by seeing it. And and, yeah. and like I said, Judy told me some stuff. And so from there, I took that string and I made, I think my first set of reins and, and, uh, went on. And then somebody told me about a guy in Billings. They said, well, you need to talk to old Ed DeBow. And so I looked him up. And, uh, he was my first teacher and, uh, he was a guy that had, was a cowboy, grew up on the high line up there next to Canada. And he had been in a bronc riding wreck when he was in his twenties and he was a paraplegic. He was in a wheelchair, but that guy made all his own hide. Hmm. I mean, he would, he would skin and flesh in that dang wheelchair and he could pick up a hide and drop it in a tub of lime and and pull it wow. out of there wet and put it in a frame and he did all of that wow. in that wheelchair and he just worked out of his garage up there outside of billings and uh man he was he was he was great he was come on yeah you just come in come in here he said uh i'll tell you whatever i can tell you and and so when we would go to billings for groceries or anything uh, TJ would just, we'd stop on the edge of Billings. She'd dump me off at, at, uh, Ed's and she would go do whatever 
we needed to do in town. And then she'd pick me up on the way back. Hmm. And that's just, just how we did. And, and, uh, his stuff was rough. You know, it was those old timers. He always said he made Northern rawhide. He said, we got big stout horses and I want my stuff to be big and stout. And so it was <laughs> yeah. rough, but, but he knew everything. Yeah. You know, he, he knew all the techniques. He knew how to do it and, and he could show me. And so, uh, I wanted mine to look different than Ed's, but, but his stuff was good. And it was, and like I said, he knew, knew everything to do. And, and he was just a great guy. He's passed away, but, uh, he helped me out a bunch there. So those mm-hmm. were kind of that. He was my main guy for yeah, sure. The beginning. So, and yep. then, it, and then it was 2004 or five that y'all went to Argentina, you and Leland. Yeah, that was later. That was after the TCA. And I want to, I want to talk to Carrie and ask Carrie about that because, uh, when I, I was braiding, I knew Dale Harwood pretty well because I'd went to college with Twain, his, his son. Uh And so I knew Dale and we were actually at a Brandon, uh, at the OW down here in Southern Southeastern Montana. And Dale was there. It was kind of a thing that Chaz Weldon would put together every year. And, and we were both at it. And we were sitting there horseback that morning, ready to go. And and he said, oh, hey, by the way, he said, we we kind of got a deal going. And we're going to have a we're, bunch of us got together. And we're going to try to have a show. And uh, he said, uh, I don't know if it'll be any, you know, any good for us or not, but maybe you younger guys might get something out of it someday if it keeps going and <laughs> something we're going to try. And he said, uh, we could probably use a few more members. He said, if, if you want to make something as good as you can make it, a couple of pieces or two or three, and I'll just take them with me to this first deal and show them to the guys and uh, go from there. And so that's how that was the first time I'd heard of the TCA or that would have been shortly after you guys had the meeting and we're going to have your first show. And, uh, so I didn't have a clue. I had no idea what I was getting into or putting in for or anything like that. I just (laughs) made some stuff I thought was as good as I could do it. Got it to Dale. And so what was it like down there? I'm sure not anything like, uh, what we do now. You mean the show and all that stuff? What's that? I'm not sure what what your question, what 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 it's what it was like then, well, and what it's like now. Because as a well, no, I mean, how did you guys? What was my application like? Oh, did Dale just yeah. chuck that stuff down on a table and <laughs> oh, say yeah. <laughs> application process way way different? You know, I <laughs> I knew, you know, I I remember the Dale Harwood angle because that that part is uh probably the most prominent part of that whole story is is and of course we all respected dale big big time so dale shows up and and has this work that he presents to us and comes with the dale harwood stamp of approval and and you know what's what's not to say uh so so yeah there was no interview process we never we never met you till the next spring i think didn't we have uh meeting in salt lake i think the spring meeting the next year was in salt lake and you were there right. i think that's where i met you and, and um so and then your your first show was that fall would have been september of yep, that year that's right so that was what 2000 i guess yeah but, the uh, second show i was yeah there. so so yeah you but you were the right guy for the job i mean you you got a hold of it and just took off You know, it, it's uh, I was a lot the same way, Nate. I tell everybody. I mean, I didn't have a Dale Harwood endorsing me or taking my stuff and plopping down the table, but I I tell everybody I couldn't read, so I didn't know what a mission statement was. I didn't know what the TCA <laughs> stood for. <laughs> but I, but I, I, what I did know. I mean, you know, I came in two thousand and three and got introduced to everybody, and and I was there at that workshop, and and uh, what I did know is is that the the quality of the men that were in the room of the TCA 
were to the highest standard, in my opinion. I was like, I want to be a part of them, you know, and I only get in the truck with those guys. And the rodeo was still going on in my life and all that. And so get in the truck with winners, and that's what the TCA looked like to me. The members of the TCA was like, yeah, I'm going to get in with those guys and see where I can go as a bit and spur maker, you know. Yep. Oh, I should have been able to read. Reading was good, though. I mean, I, now that I can read, and it, I, I'm lucky as hell because it, the mission statement of the TCA f- falls right in with what I want to do as as a as an individual. I, I enjoy teaching and sharing and and pushing my skill set, and so I, you know, I was lucky as hell. <laughs> Here we are. No, it so, was. Yeah, it was. I, I was the same way, and I I think probably. I mean, if you'd asked carrier any of the founding members i think for the first four or five years i mean we had no idea where where that thing would go or or what it would do but i know for me there's no way i'd be the the craftsman or braider or whatever it is that i am now if if i hadn't had been involved in that and and had to push myself to make something that that was better all the time and and uh you know, go to South America to learn techniques that way and incorporate that kind of stuff. I mean, there's no, there's no, no way that, that I would have been pushed to, to do what I've, I've done in with rawhide without that. What's your work compare? I mean, with a self-evaluation, the, the pieces that you applied with compared to what you're doing today, is it like, I just shake my head at my work going, Holy cow. I can't believe it. That was oh yeah, and e- and even some of the first shows. I mean, but but when you, I mean, I I had put some time in. I mean, I mm-hmm. from the time that I that braid work kind of took a hold of me, I, I had spent a lot of late mm-hmm. nights and all nights at mm-hmm. that bench, you know, trying to trying to make stuff, and and uh, I was pretty hard on myself. I wanted. I, there was a certain way I wanted my stuff to look and, and I wanted it that way. And, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think you can, you know, people ask a lot about, you know, how can I, what do I need to do better or do that better? And sometimes you can't tell them anything, but you just need to sit at that bench and do that skill over and over and get those basics strong and have that stuff look good, no matter how intricate your and- work is you know get those get that core strong and and put the man hours in and the muscle memory to do things well i believe a body of work behind you is extremely important right and that yeah uh, you know i'm not saying that there's not young people that can't get into the group you and i were pretty damn young nate and but but you still have to put the body of work in, you know, I'd been full time for five years by the time I applied to the TCA. And that means all day, every day that I was building business first and, and making right. a living off of it. And I, and I, I, I don't think it's mandatory, but I think it's critical that you have a body of work behind you. Well, and you were in a, you were in a, a production situation. So you're, you're banging that stuff out day after day and, and making a lot of pieces. And that's what I'm talking about is the foundation you need to be able to go on. Yeah. You can take it when you take it to that art level, you're, you're, you're stretching, but if you don't have that foundation of just trying to do things right and have it be clean and straight and, and good, um, that's it. I don't think you can go on and, and do the good stuff really well. No, it's that you, you, you include that, and that's eight years of full time, right? Um, yeah, I was five years after I left Greg with just the, the art stuff. But you're absolutely right. The foundation of working with Greg is simply learning how to read a ruler and cut parts. It sounds idiotic, but it was very important to the process. Yeah, yeah and so if if you, I mean, if you've got a person asking you, "What can I do to make this better?" I mean, you just make a bunch more of them and, and yeah. just try to make each one better than the other one. You know, that's people want a, a secret solution. But if you're if you're doing if you have the techniques, if you can braid eight around a core and you have a, a couple of buttons, you can make a hack of more. But you're not going to make a good one until you've made a 100 of them, you know, yeah. and and if you've made eight or 10 of them they're not going to be very good. And it's, 
it's not going to look like mine because I've made a thousand or, you know, I, I'm yeah. not, I don't keep numbers, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? So, I do. so I just think you got to put that time in. Sure. So you, you don't, you have a well thought out articulated statement for relating <laughs> that. Well, I, I think, you know, uh, Nancy Martini stopped in here, had a great visit with her. She lives up the river and, <clears throat> Uh, from me, not too far, and and we had a great visit, and we were talking about this too. I think, I think there's a there's more impatience with younger people nowadays. You know, we live in the world of the clickbait and instant gratification, all that kind of stuff, and and uh, just this. I'm going to sound like an old timer here that you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, maybe, but but uh, <laughs> it just seems like there needs to be. That, that these younger people need to have a little bit more patience to do just what you took you two are talking about just riding colts or wh- whatever you just got to get on a lot of colts i mean if you want to get handy at it there's no way there's no shortcut there is no shortcut no. you just have to get some material in your hands and and start doing it and make mistakes and learn from them and that's the key right there carrie get the material in your hands and I try to tell people, you know, they want all this knowledge and all this knowledge is out there. I mean, you can find any button and how to tie it in, in the whole world out there on online or, or any of that stuff. But all that knowledge doesn't do you any good if if you can't, if if that skill is not strong and you've done it enough so that you can handle, you know, that your material and, and all those kinds of things. And that's just repetition and work. And if you get your basics right and start making some pretty decent, simple stuff, then you can build on that with one thing or two things until you get those strong. I mean, all you can know how to do all of that stuff. And there's, you know, a lot of people do, but doing it well just takes time and, and, and effort. I, I don't know that Carrie, I don't know that the world's going to hell in a handbag. It might've started with me. Uh, in my youth, my youthfulness, because I was an impatient son of a gun, man. I wanted it now. And and I worked hard to do that. But now that we are aging, we will say, yes, I'd turn back and look at it and go, man, it does just take time. And, and there's no way around it for sure. Um, but I, I can remember being in my 20s, just craving it. Like, And, the, and they'd say, well, you got to pay your dues. Well, I hated that. And I just hated that. You know, like, <laughs> I'm already good. Come on, let's go. But I wasn't. I wasn't, yeah. you know. Yeah, but you did pay your dues, Wilson. That's what I I'm did. talking about. Making, I know. Making fifteen hundred bits, uh, uh, yeah, you know, a week or whatever you guys were doing. That's yep. paying your dues. It um, absolutely is. There's no, and I, I didn't like it, but I knew I needed to. I knew I needed had to go through a process, right? When yep. pol- politics gets involved, I mean, being friends, you can't get in the truck with winners if they don't like you. So, yeah. You got to be friends with people and get get that help and and uh, and grind it out, man. Is it's like and it, you know what? It's probably okay to be impatient, but you still have to do it. You still have to grind yeah. it out. You still have to go through the ten thousand hour rule, you know, and all that stuff. It's just, well, that's it. You got to have that foundation. And and where I'm at now, I'm not in my shop probably as much as I want to be. I've got mm-hmm. you know, we we ranch here and and. Uh, and I've, I raised some horses and I still, I shoe my own horses. I start my own horses and, you know, halter break the colts and, and, uh, run these cows and do all of that. And, and, but if, and what, but when I get in the shop, I think I'm at the point because gosh, I was thinking I've been at that rawhide stuff. It's going to be going on 40 years here. One of these days, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but if I hadn't in my, my late twenties sat at that bench all night, I remember yeah. my oldest boy, Keenan, we were talking a while back and he said, man, dad, I can remember going to bed and you'd be sitting there working on something. And we were, we were in the old double wide trailer and I had my little bench in the corner of a, the old living room or whatever I was. He said, you'd be sitting there working on something. He said, I'd get up for school in the morning and you were still there and right. hadn't been to bed because there was something that I wasn't quite getting there. It didn't, you know, so I think those days are what helped me 
now be able to go in the shop and do good clean work that yeah. I, like I want to and do it with few mistakes and as fast as as you can kind of do it and so that's what saves me in the shop is all those hours you know 35 38 years worth of of long hours you know problem solving right is you yeah you face the problem you made the mistakes and then right. and then you and then you figured out how to fix them and yep. uh, and if you fix them often enough if you make the mistakes enough and fix them often enough then you start to realize how to prevent the mistake from happening and how to rectify them and that right. creates efficiency yep and then yeah and then those those mistakes and 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 correcting them and or or not falling into that deal that's why we can help people now like mm-hmm. my youngest boy Jackson is is braiding quite a bit again and and he's braided since he was young he always wanted mm-hmm. to get in the shop and his 4H projects his leather projects were braided stuff you know right. hobbles and right. ports and kind of thing and uh but he's been working around on on ranches and sometimes he braids more than others but now he's braiding quite a bit and and he he came a long way faster than I did as far as yeah. doing nice stuff because I can say do it this way and then you won't have that or you know mm-hmm. I I can keep him from all of that stuff that I took me a week at sitting there to work through and I can just say, no, I'll do it like that. It's way better. So well, that's, it, that's a good, good deal. If you're like my dad, he'll, when, when us young whippersnappers, well, why dad, I like this. You'll say, because I said so, and just listen to me, it'll matter. And <laughs> <laughs> then we age and it's like, yeah, you're right, pop. Sorry. You were good. <laughs> right. But, it, but he should be good. Right. Nate. I mean, that's an, that's a, that's an, um, uh a good on you because of your experience and then and then jackson and myself growing up with dads that had the experience and us hopefully being patient enough and smart enough to listen to experience above us um can get us there a lot faster you know well that and he uh he was pretty lucky in that way because i was you know by the time he was interested i was doing pretty good work probably and 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 then that TCA deal, he'd get to show up there as a young oh, kid yeah. every every year and see all you guys work. So he yeah. he was seeing the best of everything yeah, yeah. all the time, and so he's he's so pretty he's, interested in doing good work because that's what he's that's what he's always looked at. So did did Jackson ever ask you why the hell you were so special after looking at Pablo's stuff? Because that's what Katie did to me. She said, "What makes you so special?" Looked at John in and I'm like. You're right. I'm not. That's all she'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Pablo, the stuff he does is is uh, is hard to match up to. All I can do is is stick with my style and keep I, trying to uh, Nate keep it clean and and good and and uh, go there's from there. But I do use some stuff I learned from Pablo. That's for well, sure. Look, there's only one thing that we're all lacking of with Pablo. And uh, that's personality and bravery to be Pablo. You know, we couldn't be, we can't be Pablo. So, just, just <laughs> no, Pablo's Pablo, man. Love him to death. <laughs> uh, you can't help it. You no. can't help it. And he's he good. Oh man, he's real good. But yeah. but we, all, you know, I mean, everybody's got their own style in the group, and right. And uh, you know, like we've had we've had people ask us. Um, how come you don't have an awards at your show, you know, the best of show and all this stuff. And what I like to describe is if you're not best of show, then you don't belong in our group and everybody's best of show in there. And then there's a lot of different styles and a lot of different tastes that are in there, but that, that doesn't mean not everybody's right. good. You know, everybody's good. Yeah. It's, it's subjective. Yeah. You could pick probably any piece if, if that's yeah. the one you really liked and, and it could be best in show. It's, just how it is my dad's going to be more favored to your style you know uh, the style of we've talked about a coarseness compared to like a pablo it's not coarse but it's uh, a little more user friendly and i know you've done some things in the past that was a little coarser string and tripped my trigger man i loved it you know i thought it was yeah. awesome and so uh, my dad said yeah, that I, way I, I try to keep it usable if i yeah. can i mean i'm i'm sure a lot of it isn't but I still, I still want some string depth and, and it's got to look like you could pick it up and use it. You might have to be careful with it, but well, it's well, going to work. 
uh, all of it's going to work. All of it's yeah. usable. It's just whether or not you um, have the bravery to use a $20,000 set of range and roll out. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's usable. It, it, Porsches yeah. are made to drive really good and go really fast. You just don't usually go mudding in your Porsche. Right. So yeah. that's kind of the way I look at it. Right. I, Schwartzy, I swear you have something to say. Me and Nate, we're just going to keep talking. This is becoming a pattern. <laughs> well, I, I was going to see if we could get controversial here. So you brought up Pablo and, and oh, bringing cool. in some of that Argentina stuff. And and uh, oh, I don't have any direct knowledge of anybody criticizing that, uh, you know, having heard any of that. But have you run into any pushback on bringing some of that South America gaucho stuff into North America and into these styles? If you, if, if um, you have heard any criticism, but what, what would you say? If someone said, ah, that's that's not who we are. That's not that's not the American way, the North American way. Right. Well, uh I I can't say, Carrie, that I have heard much bad uh in the rawhide community. You know, people are they've been kinda want new techniques and want to learn a lot of different stuff and but I know that when those guys applied for membership, I was real clear with them that, you know, this is the traditional cowboy arts. If, you know, you can't make the Argentine style, like the stuff you see at La Jaral in Buenos Aires is with the big, you know, head stalls and the things that they make for their horses and their style. We don't use that. I mean that that is not a that is not a cowboy deal. And I said, you guys, your braiding skill is what's coming into the TCA. You, but you're going to have to make our style of of things. And and there was a learning curve there. I mean, there's there was some. Uh, I've never had an issue with their braid work at all. I mean, they're they're amazing. But you know, there's some function things that. You know, we, when we would look at the pieces at the beginning there, we might have to say, you know, that that ain't that isn't going to work. That's not necessarily functional. And, and uh, so they had a learning curve as far as what uh, what type of, of things we make and, and what makes them functional and and work. So but I've never really heard had any pushback from anybody about any of that. And I I went down there both trips and there were certain things I wanted to learn and and uh I still use some things there's some things that uh I don't use that much and but what's functional and is going to fit with our style of stuff I do use and uh that's that's what that's what what helps i mean i i only see good in going to other cultures and places where they they're doing things but you got to take what you learn there and make sure that it lends itself to what you're doing and yeah. that's what i've done you know yeah you well, know there's certain things a- like when i first went down there i i mean the horse hide thing and they were doing all this little stuff and the knife handles and and all of those things and and I learned those techniques and I'm sure you can look through those catalogs and in the, the few years after I'd been down there, you know, I had the quirks that were all the fid work that looked like the knife handles, and the, you know, I was doing a bunch of that stuff because I wanted to be able to do it. And, uh, since, you know, a lot of that stuff, I'm, I, the horse hide doesn't lend itself to a lot of things we do, but it does certain things you know if i was going to make a knife handle with fid work you know i would use horse hide there i i'm not going to use horse hide on on most of my buttons now unless it's little bitty tiny stuff just because it uh you know there's some issues with it here and there but uh so i i just i learned the techniques i i used them I can do them. And then I took from them what was going to make my work better. And, uh, that's, that's what I do. And let you tell your story of the West your way. Right. Right. And that's, that's what it's all about. Yep. 
Well, you know, Schwartz, that that question that you asked Nate there about the South being so much, you know, the South of us being so much different, the bit and spur makers South isn't quite as far. You get below the Red River and they don't like us at all. And they asked me all kinds of questions being from Texas. That was that was not, that was not nice at all. I had to do lots of stuff. <laughs> well, as Scott said, we weren't going to let Texans in. Only a few. No. Yeah, we got a quota. Yeah, yeah you yeah, can't have more than, more than a certain number, I think he said. But. Leland was the first, thank goodness. Leland was pretty close behind you, wasn't he, Nate? A couple years behind you getting in? Yeah, a few years. I'm trying to remember how many years till Leland come in. Uh, I don't think I, I don't I think he was right all. behind you, but it no because I got in in year five and Leland was a, a couple years ahead of me. I'm pretty sure. Was he? Yeah, he. Yeah, it wasn't too far. I think I was probably a couple of years, and then then yeah. Leland. Year so, three or something. Yep. Cool. I agree a hundred percent. I think that uh, borrowing things from other cultures like that and trying to incorporate it into the American West is what helps keep things kind of vibrant and robust. I think for us, I think that's a lot of what Pedro and I were trying to do there when we went to yeah. France. Is we yep. were going to start making French saddles or English saddles. We were we were going to try and take that leather work, the case work, the hand sewing, all of that stuff and, and apply it to our world. And, uh, I'm hundred percent in on, on all, all of that, all of what you just said. I think that, um, yeah, I, some of the criticism we get, we probably, it comes through the back door. <laughs> Sometimes there's not many people <laughs> going to stand up and say, you guys are screwing this thing up. Um, but, you, you hear whisperings here and there. I am. Um, I don't hear many. The, I don't hear many whisperings, but I guess it's possible. But. Haters yeah. gonna hate. Is that what they say? Haters gonna hate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hear too much. I mean, as far as the braiding community, and I'm I'm kind of out in that quite a bit. I mean, we've been. We go to the the braiders. There's a lot of people doing it and it's pretty popular uh we were at that gathering in decatur there was dang near 50 people there you know and we we always try to go to that for a couple days clint haverty puts it on and he's a good friend and we just wander around there and help people where we can you know and and that's always a good thing uh tj and i put one on at chico hot springs every other year in montana here and we always fill that thing up and I mean, there's a lot of people braiding and really enjoying it, and they seem to be open to. I mean, if if Pablo can show them something, they're they're thrilled, you know, and they yeah. they they just want to learn and and. I mean, uh, there's uh, so that's good. I I just think the 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 braiding uh, discipline is is pretty strong. I mean, there we need to get some people really doing great work you know but that just takes time and but there's sure plenty of people doing it it's it's popular and and i don't know everybody just seems to get along really well and there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of you know backbiting back and forth i mean people just want to learn and they're happy if you can show them something you know i i look at the braden world a lot like i looked at the bulldog and then rodeo the bulldoggers stuck together through thick and thin they were they went together as a group everywhere they went you know and I look at braiders the same way. Y'all are, y'all are, y'all are clannish, man. You're all stuck together and participating. And I, I think it's awesome, man. I love to see it. It's, it's cool. I do too. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Well, a very different world. On the when you started out years ago, Nate, there's there must well, that's be true, and that it's awesome. Yeah, I, that has changed so much, and I. I I think the TCA has had a ton to do with that. I mean, not necessarily that we uh, that we came up with the idea of workshops and everything, but the fact that we started putting ourselves out there and having these things, and people started going to them, just because the braiders grabbed onto that, and a lot of people wanted to do it. But but that was the start. There is getting it out there and getting some some instruction going and and all of that and 
it's uh yeah when i started man i i'm not sure how many i could even even count on one hand of people that that were you know established braiders and and uh, yeah finding finding somebody to help you was was difficult so what like so this is a tca question that a lot of us face and one on that the tca is honestly not done a very good job of articulating but the bar right where's the bar what's the level that it requires to be a member and and it's unfair for bitten sperm makers to have to be john ennis to become in our group but the industry to me is what sets the bar and the tca is intended to be uh, uh the top echelon of each discipline and and leading the charge and so the bar is actually set by the industry the discipline so as you have more and more participation and more and more ability to learn like what y'all just got done with the decatur everybody's learning fast man and that's awesome it's great for the industry but it is making it more difficult to be at the top of the industry because everybody's getting better right and so then that makes right. entry into the tca a little more difficult and um, I, that was a question that's been asked me since the show is like, well, they were, they were wanting me to articulate the bar. Like, what is the bar? They have to be you. That's not fair. And that's not fair for somebody to I try agree. to be, to be one of us, because I've got, we, we all have 20 years of building the three best things we've ever made under our belt each and every year. You know, a person that's just getting started or let's say 10 years into their career that absolutely could build some really nice stuff they don't have to be us but they do have to be better than everybody else and and as our industry grows and improves um through through the tca and i blame the tca for it in a good way right i mean i I blame it in a good way that look what it's done for the industries out there the bit and sperm making world man it's crazy what's being done right now it's awesome well it is but i'll tell you what my bar is and and what i'm looking for uh in a somebody that i could bring into the TCA as a member is I'm not looking for that guy that is trying to make the stuff that I'm making for the TCA shows. I'm looking for somebody that I can walk up and I see, I mean, maybe he's just making stuff for guys to use, but damn it. It's good, man. I mean, I mean, he's using, he's using good heavy string. Everything is, his function is good. You, You can see it from across the room. And I don't care if he's making, you know, fine, mm-hmm. fine stuff. Or, but if I see a good piece of using gear that's done well, it's straight. Yep. It's uh, everything is finished. He's he's put the finish work in on it. He's rubbed it down, and and that thing grabs my eye. Now that guy can can go on and make the kind of stuff that needs to be in our show. The person that's, right. that's trying to make something like he sees in our show without having those fundamental skills that, man that falls way short in my eyes i totally agree piece that's done perfectly every time and that person is going to go on and could become a member we so with troy just getting in the group me and troy had lots of conversations about what he's going to make over the last couple of years and what to make and i said troy be you man just go do you but do you better than anybody else right? Yep. Them fundamentals bake that cake. And if you're not big fancy into doing some kind of crazy ass elaborate engraving, don't do it. That's not a member, right? Be, just right. because it, what what a member is, is doing what you do better than anybody else. Yep. And and you can stack bricks. You don't have to be Mr. John Ennis. I'm not. Nobody in the world is John Ennis. I can't do that crap. But but what I try to do is better than anybody else. You know, that puts you at the top of your industry. And if they, if like, like you're talking about, Nate, the big core strings and or or just a good using thing done better than anybody else. That's the separation. That's the separation we're looking for. It is. And, and, and that's what you need to do. I, I, uh, oh, I was at a horse sale this, uh, this spring that we do up here and, and there was a guy and I didn't know him. He, a younger guy and and uh he had asked to have a table there and have some stuff and and uh i hadn't met him and and he hadn't met me he didn't know who i was but i walked up and you know i'm always gonna look at stuff and so i looked at his stuff and and he was back there and he didn't have much to say or well he didn't say anything and and i looked stuff over and then i walked off and and uh 
a while later I came back again and I was standing there and, and somebody I knew come up and said, Hey Nate, how, how you doing? And, and <laughs> his head popped up and, you know, <laughs> he realized who I was yeah. and uh, not that I'm a big famous guy, but it, as a braider, you know, he knew who yep. I was and his comment was, Oh man, shoot. If I'd have known you were going to be here, I'd have brought my good stuff. Mm. And I looked at him and I didn't want to be, I mean, I wasn't going to be the big Third dink, thing. you know, and, mm-hmm. and try to put him down. But I said, man, I think, uh, I think everything we make's got to be the good stuff. I said, yeah. you're going to come sell the sorry stuff to the people at the horse sale and, and try <laughs> right. to do good stuff to impress the other people. I said, yeah. everything you make's got to be the good stuff. Yeah. And he probably it, thought I would think for saying well, it, but I, I mean, it, it bugged I, me a little bit. Sure it does. I mean, just because you put a lot of icing on the cake doesn't mean it tastes good, right? You got to bake a cake, make it taste good. Then you, yep. and if it, and if you don't put any icing on it, it still tastes good. So well, I, I live in fear um, of having something out there and I make working stuff all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have it out there and there's guys using it or, or the cow horse guys or whatever it is, but I live in fear of somebody picking up the, the hardest core working stuff I make and, and looking at it and, and saying, wow, I thought that guy should have been, should be better than that. Or, you know what well, I'm saying? I, that, so you, you two comment on this, but I feel like I can evaluate my work better after it's been used for several years. And it, if it's not so your rough out saddle you're building right now, Kerry, or the the spurs that I'm doing right now are basic using type of spur. Once they're used and they get the wear, the truth comes out, in my opinion. And and as to whether you've actually done a good job and they should still look really good after use. Yeah. Yep. And and they're not gonna they're not gonna have much wear on them if they wouldn't work to begin with. That's so, right. You know, you know dang well that they're putting them on every day and and that yeah. they're using them. But yeah, and my but my point is, it doesn't matter how simple or the working piece that I'm making. I live in fear of of not, not having it as good as the piece that I'm going to put in the TCA, just that's... at a different different level. And that's why cool. when you talk about a member, I mean a perfect perfect example would be jay adcock you know that that we brought in here in the last few years and and you know jay's work's been out there for a long time and i always admired it because it was good cowboy stuff and people were using it and and it was well done Mm -hmm. and he had all that foundation you know in all those years like me and that was a guy that once he now that he's in a place where he can braid full time, and now that he's got the TCA as a place to Elaborate. go up there, you know, with stuff. I mean, he was he was perfectly fit to to push it to that that next sure. deal. He had a place to go with it. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking for. Totally agree. Now, I know you got something to say about it, Schwartzy. You're just bubbling over there. I can see you. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm having a hard time talking over here. I <laughs> yeah, I shut my video feed off because I I think there's probably still a little bit of a lag on our 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 deal, but but anyway, no, I I I don't think you can overstate what what Nate's talking about here. You guys, the fundamentals, you just cannot abandon fundamentals. You got to have fundamentals down. I don't care if it's roping or riding colts or whatever you gotta you have to be able to master fundamentals before you take it to the next step that's just the way it is and and uh so and another thing you know what what you described nate was you have one standard of craftsmanship you have one standard for everything you do that's and that's what you ran into there with this fellow is uh, is he had two standards and and it, I just we had this Idaho saddle makers gathering. Jedediah Rice, we, he had a saddle there for critique, and was visiting with him and and stuff. And a young guy doing a really really nice nice work. And and uh, anyway, we're talking. A question was asked. So, 
is there a, a different different standard for your rough outs as there is for the TCA stuff? And I said, no one. There's only one. The rough outs are are giving me practice to be able to do the fancy stuff, and the fancy stuff is giving me practice to do the plainer stuff. It's all one craftsmanship. That's exactly yeah. That's a good point, Kerry. Because yeah, after the TCA and and stretching like that all those years, yeah, my working stuff's going to be way spot better. on. You know, yep. yeah. But not without those fundamentals being in place and and being really particular about them to begin with. You know, the spurs I'm I'm making right now um, are thirty seven hundred dollars, thirty seven fifty. But the only difference between them and the three thousand, the thirty seven thousand dollar pair of spurs is just a whole bunch of icing. The the spur is exactly the same, right? I could turn right. them into $37,000 spurs by just spending a whole bunch of time decorating and filing and pushing and pulling all this stuff. But the, right. ba- the spur is going to fit the boot and wear exactly the same. And the, the, the durability and the, um, the longevity is exactly the same. It's the same yep. spur. Same That's it, spur. exactly. Yep. Well... Carrie, I don't know. So last, Nate, I said that after his speech, I was never going to talk again on the podcast. And this is two weeks in a row that all I did was talk. And I ain't heard Carrie say a damn word yet. I'm going to. One of these days, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to sit here and see how long it takes before he starts talking. Well, maybe you just need to shut up, Willie. I can't. I'm trying. But I... uh, I'm going to do everything I can not to talk next week. I'm just going to sit here and see how long it takes for him to say something. You just have to stay quiet to. for about 20 seconds, have dead air, <sighs> just have dead air, and then I'll jump in. Then you'll jump. <laughs> he, he told me one on one of the podcasts, Nate, he, he, one in the beginning, I think it was um, Cindy Gittridge that we had, wasn't it, Nate? You told me to shut up, Willie. This is my podcast. You're going to have to listen. I did for a little while. <laughs> Made it for a little bit. I did it for about twenty minutes, maybe ten. I don't know. It wasn't very long. <laughs> well, I sure appreciate you being on, Nate. And, and uh, you know, you did have to point out to me how come you boys ain't called me. You know, I mean, geez, guys, I'm one of your best good buddies. <laughs> Three amigos here, and we hadn't even called Nate. That's kind of bad of us, wasn't it? We got Jay on before we had Nate. That was rude, wasn't it? oh <laughs> uh, yeah well you know he's kind of a pushy guy he probably just hey, jumped right up there stocky little feller making himself that's known, right. you know that's right i'm sure mm. i'm sure we'll all we'll all get some feedback from jay next week oh yeah <laughs> he hears this that. Uh, all good well i got a lot going on i don't know if y'all have seen all the activity behind me but we got all kinds of crap going on in the shop Life is good, so. Well, I got a lot going on, too. We're shipping calves this next week, and so as soon as I got home, I'm just trying to get things moved around and and, uh, get horses in that I'm going to use and getting getting a horse shot up that lost one the other day that I'm going to need because my stud got out and bit the heck out of one that I really (laughs) needed, so I got a three-year-old that's going to, Got to get a get a bath next, by fire here in the next next, next week. man up next man yeah, up yeah, little man right. he's gonna have to step up a little bit but no nah, it's it's good but it's a busy time and man we're getting a bunch of rain I don't know what we've got but it's rained all night and, and mostly yesterday afternoon hard so awesome, awesome. it's not bad but it'd be good if it dried out a little by next week. It'll freeze and y'all be skating on ice. So, oh, man, don't even say it, Wilson. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't say, well, we're, uh, we were down to, I think, in the mid-50s day before yesterday, and I damn near froze to death. It was, we're going to be 90 today and go to the 50s. I'm like, yeah, it's cold. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. All good. Sure. Well, let's get the hell out of here, Schwartzy. Should we put a wrap Has on it? Has it been an hour? Yeah, it's been an hour 59 already. 59 minutes and, and counting. Wow, I'll be darned. <laughs> You're busy telling stories, huh? 
Yeah, yeah for we sure. appreciate you coming on board with us, Nate. It's been some really, really good uh, background uh, stories and and uh, what brought us to where we are today. So been awesome. Absolutely. So if you can hang on here for just a minute, this outfit wants us to get everything all uploaded. So, well, I appreciate it, guys. It's just it's been a good. I've had a had a good ride. I got I get a little of the best of everything, you know. I get to get to have my cows and my horses, and I can. It keeps me when I do get to get in the shop. I'm I'm craving it all the time, and and that's a good thing. And and uh, that's a, that's there's a little thing. jealousy here that you get to be well rounded that way. There's a little jealousy, I promise. Well, yeah. sometimes I don't. I'd rather not be quite so well rounded. <laughs> you get spread a little thin, but uh, yeah. but I do. Uh, when I can get in the shop, I'm I'm craving it, and I'm happy in there for sure. So, well, that's cool. Way cool. Well, be well, my friends. All right. Good to see Take you, care, guys. This. You bet. Take care.